Welcome to the Readerly Report. Your hosts are Gail Weiswasser and Nicole Bonilla. We hope you will enjoy our candid book conversations, recommendations, and observations on the reading life. Thanks so much for joining us. Welcome to another edition of the Readerly Report. Today, Gail and I thought that we would present for your listening pleasure <laughs> some of our lighthearted books to take your mind off of things. Some people are going the pandemic route and they're and and are doing that kind of reading, but we figured we would start off with lighthearted picks for you. And that sent me digging because as I was just saying to Gail, I don't I'm not really a lighthearted reader. I think that what I tend to think of as lighthearted and maybe that's why I thought I could do a show like this was <laughs> I don't know mysteries or murder mysteries. I don't know. I think those are my comfort zone. Maybe because when I was little and going to the library, I would read lots of mysteries or whatever. So for whatever reason I find them comforting. So I'm going to do my best. <laughs> Okay. With the light, the lighthearted picks. I mean, I don't think either one of us is particularly drawn to super light stuff. I mean, you and I tend toward the depressing, tend toward the stressful, tend for, toward the emotional. And so uh, I'm sure that, you know, it, what we consider to be lighthearted may not be what other people consider to be lighthearted. But right. I think I, that's on, what I kept. I kept going, oh, what about this lighthearted book? But it would be about family drama that happened or uh, yeah anyway so this should be interesting yeah Yeah. so gail we recorded rather recently did you what have you been have you been reading anything have you made any new book choices in the meantime let's see so since we last recorded i think when we last talked I had read Writers and Lovers and I had read Made. So I have finished a book between then and now. Read finished Writers and Lovers. You didn't Oh had I not? Okay. What did you think? Because I like Lily King and I'm that book has been it. on my list. Yeah, I liked it. I um it is a gentle read in that not a ton happens and what does happen isn't terribly momentous or um, dramatic, but it's about a woman in her 30s, I think. She's in her 30s, and she's a writer. She's trying to write her novel. She's not having a lot of luck. She's waitressing on the side. She's having kind of dead-end relationships. And it's just about her kind of evolution. Um, You know, the questions are, is she going to finish her book? Will her book get published what will happen to her relationships she's living in a um like a a garage like a a, like a shed a gardening shed and that's in the back of a guy who's a friend of her brother's because she can't afford to live in any any place else she lives in cambridge massachusetts so the question is like how will she evolve throughout the course of this book and are things going to write themselves for her in a in a way that's you know, satisfying for her and for the reader. So I really love her, her writing. I think she, like I said, she's got kind of a gentle style, sort of some gentle humor to her. Um, and I really enjoyed it. It's not, it's not going to be like, if you're looking for something right now, that's going to really grab you and pull you away from the news and let you transport your brain because you have, you know, been in the house all day and you need to just 
get somewhere else if if mentally if not physically probably it's not the best pick because i think it's kind of literary fiction it's not like one of those super super engaging reads but i really liked it and i'm glad that i read it and i think i mentioned it was the first book of the month club book that i've actually read that has you know showed right. up at my house that i've actually finished started and finished <laughs> so um i so i liked that one a lot and then the next one i read and it was due for a a um blog tour that I was supposed to post the review today and it, it didn't happen. I'm going to write the review tonight and I'll, I'll have to post it tomorrow. But I figured in the grand scheme of coronavirus schedule changes, this one's pretty minor. But I read Darling Rose Gold by Stephanie Robel, which is a thriller, domestic thriller. It is about a mother and daughter. And I'm not giving away anything by saying this. Um, the mother is in prison because... She, um, throughout her, the daughter, the daughter is Rose Gold throughout Rose Gold's childhood. She was poisoning her daughter and her daughter was always sick and in and out of the hospital and couldn't keep weight on and lost her hair and all of that. And everyone thought she was this sickly child. And in fact, it was her mother who had been doing it to her. So when the book opens, the mother's getting out of jail. She has served five years and she is going home to live with her daughter, with Rose Gold. So the question is, why is Rose Gold allowing her to move back into her house, given what she did to her? And how will that relationship play out? So it is a thriller. Um, I It kept my attention. It's a nice escapist book. Um, it There were some loose ends that didn't quite make sense, but it's twisty and... If you enjoy that premise, the idea of this, what is that called? Ma- Ma- Manch- Munchausen by proxy? By proxy. Yeah. Yep. So if you're kind of intrigued by Munchausen by proxy and what causes it and what it ends up doing to the relationship, it's it's an interesting book. So that's what I'm reading and then, or what I just finished. And I'm still reading followers because my audiobook listening has ground to a halt because I'm not in the car. So I either need to just finish that one in print or start being better about listening to it when I'm like walking the dog or something, because it's, uh, I'm, I'm also finding I'm like never alone. <laughs> like I've got, there's five of us in the house <laughs> all the time. And the times when I used to listen to audiobooks, it's like I was drying my hair. I'm not drying my hair so much or while I'm cooking. And now I'm finding like my son's in the kitchen all the time. So like, I just have lost that little the audiobook pipeline has kind of shut down. So I think if you I'll don't just dry your hair attention. to go to the home office, Gail. <laughs> well, unfortunately, <laughs> all of my calls are video calls. So for a while, you know, I'm a little bit self conscious about the fact that I look like crap when I'm on these calls. But eh, I've, 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 I've started oh, to care a little less. I don't think anyone cares. I mean, I've seen people. It's so funny to see what people pick as their background, you know, what they will display in these video calls. Cause I've seen people lounging in their shorts in front of like their huge mm-hmm. picture window and looks like they are sheltering someplace pretty nice. And, you know, some people just go for being at the desk and maybe you get a profile view while they're still working away, but on the call or it's been really interesting. Yeah. You know, some people at least are doing a button down. Some people are totally casual. It has run the gamut. Yeah. 
we had uh, our first all staff meeting, remote all staff meeting last week, and uh, I was presenting at some point. So you could see, and I've got my desk is in my library. So it's got all those books behind me and all my sh- the, mm-hmm. the built in bookshelves, which was like my our splurge when we moved in here. So there were a lot of comments in the little comments stream like, wow, that's a lot of books. <laughs> like, look at those shelves and everything. Oh, so, Gail, least- you've been exposed now. I've been exposed to the book hoarder that I am. <laughs> so how about you? What are you reading? I am. How are you reading? On the hunt for a new book. I find that the books that I was reading before this happened or before I started working from home and I just find that they aren't holding me. I was reading, I was listening to Fates and Furies on audio and I did have a few minutes of downtime where I spent some time listening to that today And then I was reading, I've been reading Mrs. Everything by Jennifer Weiner. And it is, it's literary fiction set in 1950s Detroit, the story about two sisters. And I think what I really need right now is something that has a strong plot and storyline that's just going to pull me in and make me want to just go from page to page. You know, I find with misses everything that I enjoy it, that it's well-written and that I read it and I think about things and it's totally fine once I have managed to put everything else aside and go back to it. But it's not one of those books that is going to just compel me to read it. Like I could easily spend the next three months reading a chapter here or there of that book. So I think I'm going to put it to the side as I search for something else to just jumpstart my reading again and get me more towards reading every day. So I think I I need a good mystery, thriller, murder mystery, domestic suspense, something that's really going to have me turning the pages and just get me back into the habit of reading before I turn my focus back to heavier tomes. So mm-hmm. with that in mind, I've been thinking that I will read The Majesties by Tiffany Sal and or it came out in January, January 21st. It had been described as a darker, crazy rich Asians. Mm-hmm. And I actually didn't finish reading crazy rich Asians. I could never get into it because there were so many character characters in the beginning and there was just a lot going on. So I found for that book, I really enjoyed the movie, but this one is about two sisters from a Chinese Indonesian family. Um, They're from a very wealthy family and I guess they are grappling with, with the aftermath of what happens when one of them poisons their entire family. So, (laughs) um, yeah, yeah. So, but I'm going to try. That's, that's the next book that I'm going to, I'm going to put aside Mrs. Everything. I'm going to clear Fates and Furies and hopefully get back to them. But so that's what I'm looking into. And then I think I want to read The Holdout by Graham Moore, or I want to listen to that on audio. I was reading a New York Times columns on thrillers that are coming out. And I've read The Sherlockian by Graham Moore, which I really enjoyed. So I think I'm going to use those two books as my entry back into, into reading. I just swapped for that book. So if you read it, which one? The holdout? The holdout. Mm hmm. Yep. Yeah. Everyone. Yeah, let's do it. Yeah. Okay. Sounds good. 
Um, sorry about the barking dog. That's <laughs> just another one of the, another one of the, you know, realities of. Now, is it just you and your family? Yeah. Yep. So my mom is nearby, but I have told her she's not allowed to come over, basically leave her house because I don't want her to get sick. And so I've seen her from her front walk. I brought the kids over and we. Waved. Yeah, waved and chatted from the front walk. So, um, and my dad, I have not seen him in a while, though we've been in good contact. So I just, you know, keeping the older generation as isolated as possible. So, yeah, we're just, just the five of us. How is it? How is DC? I mean, New York is, has just exploded as. Right. The center of. Of yeah. everything. They want to quarantine as... New Yorkers when we go anywhere, 14 days. Yeah, um, I just read that. Uh, we are not as, it's not as dire here as it is in New York. It's, um, I mean, it's certainly increasing and the the hospitals are very strained, but it is not quite as bad. We are in, so it's interesting, we've got, a, this is a tri-state area, so we have D.C., Maryland, and Virginia all in very close quarters, and they don't all act in lockstep. So, for example, Virginia announced yesterday that they have closed schools through the end of the year. They've, that's it. That's it. They're not reopening. Maryland and um, D.C. have not made that announcement. Um, Maryland has closed all non-essential business. So unless you're basically a supermarket or a food place that provides takeout, you're closed. DC has been a little more lenient. DC has, you know, guidance on the number of people like don't have gatherings greater than 10 people. So it's, it's a little bit different around. It's not like New York where you've got one governor who makes one decision for everybody. So, um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's definitely increasing here and it's, um, you know, I've heard of people who have it. I know, I know people in my son's, uh, in our synagogue who have it and the elementary school he went to through last year when we moved from DC to Maryland, they have it. So, I mean, it's certainly not, it doesn't feel remote at all. Right. But it's not like New York. Yeah. I think New York, they have, the mayor has said that it's not likely that schools will open again this school year, but it is not definite yet. Yeah. Yeah. It's insane. Did you have some new, any, any news to share? Any news? I saw that, um, a, an imprint of, um, Skyhorse, is that the name of it? Skyhorse Press, uh, actually did publish the Woody Allen memoir very quietly. Arcade. Yes. Yeah. So it's, it's out in the world, but to very little fanfare. Um, one of the things I've noticed, um, did you, wait, did you want to say anything about the Woody Allen? Yeah, I saw an article about that, that they had published it and, you know, they felt that he had the right to be heard. And I think someone wrote a piece in the Times saying, uh, yes, his book deserved to be published. Now nobody buy it kind of thing. Right. Um, right. Yeah, this this week for, for books in general, I think so many people are, for the most part, glued to the to the news and just the different unfoldings. I mean, you hardly even hear that there's an election going on or that will be, Mm -hmm. you know, the primaries, a lot of them have been postponed till June. 
Yeah, I know. It's amazing that they were in an election year. You would never know. Okay, so what were you? What was your next thing? What I was going to say is just what I've been seeing online about uh, author tours being canceled and people trying to pick up the slack. So I know, for example, Anne Bogle is doing book interviews with authors who have recently canceled tours. And it seems like tour um, authors are all promoting each other. They're really trying to pick up the slack where there are no uh, in-person tours anymore. And um, some bookstores are doing virtual tours and then making those recordings available to people. So I, I like the creativity and the camaraderie and the support within the industry that has sprung up since we've all been quarantined. It just seems like it's kind of, it's kind of nice to follow that. So this episode is going up Friday, unfortunately. Um, Penguin Random House is, or Random House, the imprint of Random House is having virtual events. So they are doing what they call lunch and learns on Instagram. Usually at 1230, they're talking to different authors Gretchen Rubin, Melissa Clark, Odette Williams, I think people who can be geared towards helping you adjust to this time that we have. And lots of them are different. Like the coffee, the random pantries, I think are sometimes later in the day, about four o'clock. And then the lunch and learns are around 1230. So we will post a link to where they are posting all of this information on their website, because even though these dates, some of them have already passed. I'm sure that they will be updating it with more events going forward. Because like you said, a lot of people are trying to take some of these book conversations and gatherings on online, and they're doing them on Instagram and Facebook. So definitely, if you have a book whose author you were looking forward to hearing from or a book that you were really interested in, take a look for information at their personal website or their publisher's website to see what they might be doing online. Yep. Um, Libro FM still has their deal where if you switch over from any other audio, <laughs> audio book publisher that you might have a subscription with, I think with code switch, they will give you three, Books for the price of one if you get a subscription. I think their monthly subscriptions are $14.99. So with that code switch, you will get three three books for the price of one when you do a subscription. And I think they also have other promotions going on that are linked to authors. And I think they're doing a deal right now where if you sign up, 100% of the proceeds that you, from your first month will go to the books, you know, it will go a hundred percent to the independent bookstore. Oh, that's now, I don't know if that's of your choice. So definitely go to Libro FM, Libro.FM to check out more information. As we mentioned last time, Scribd is having uh, 30 days free and Amazon is also offering Kindle Unlimited for two months for free. So an Audible is, for your kids, has a selection of audiobooks that they can listen to free. You don't have to have an account. You can go on any browser and access it. 
It's called Stories. It's the Stories section of their website. And they say as long as you keep listening on the same device or the same browser, it will pick up um, where you left off. Like if you stop in the middle, you can go back right to where your place is without having to sign in, without having to have an Amazon account. And they have different choices available, I guess, from the little ones all the way up to 18. Well, that's good to know about. I was like, I need to take a look at this to see if there's any young adult books that I might be interested in listening to. Yeah. So do you just have to have an Audible membership to do that? You don't have to. Nope. They have it so that if you go to, I think it's Audible slash stories, or if you go to Audible and look for stories, I will send you the link. Um, it Your kids listen it's stories.audible.com. If you go there, you don't even have to have an account or anything. The button just says start listening and you can, when you press that, it gives you a whole selection um, for the littlest listeners, they say. So I guess that would be picture books. And then they have elementary, tween, teen, and literary classics. So, and they also have titles in different languages. It looks like they have Italian, Spanish, German, uh, French. So, definitely check it out. I know I have to tell a friend of mine about this because she said that while she is being quarantined, that she's finding herself turning to classics. So, they have a, you know, they have a robust classic selection. They have... Atlas Shrugged, Jane Eyre, Brave New World, Call of the Wild, Frankenstein, My Antonia. Hmm. That's cool. So, on that note. All right. Uh, let's jump into some lighthearted reads. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, I'll go first. Um, and a lot of these are books we've talked about before, so I don't think we need to take too, too long to go th- over them, but... As you're looking for possible books to transport you, the first one, because this is just such a page turner, is Eligible by Curtis Sittenfeld. So we've talked about this a million times. This is the modern day retelling of Pride and Prejudice, uh, which follows the plot line of Pride and Prejudice beautifully, but does it in the 2010s. And it's very entertaining. And just I just flew through that book. So it was a pretty easy pick for me to add this one to the list. That's so funny because the first pick on my list is also a Pride and Prejudice Prejudice retelling. It's Bridget Jones' Diary. Mm. I thought so much fun. I mean, I had to, I had to, I had to dig into my past to find the light-hearted books that I was reading. And either I feel like I'm reading drama and mystery and literary fiction, like dark fair or thoughtful, emotional fair, like you said, or I go the complete opposite. So Bridget Jones Diary, I mean, I feel like you can do either the book or the movie is really fun. Uh, it's a modern day take on Pride and Prejudice set in London. Colin Firth plays uh, Mark Darcy. <laughs> in a play on him being Fitzwilliam Darcy in the BBC um, version of Pride and Prejudice. So, 
Yeah, I really I love that. I I could probably yeah. watch that movie anytime it comes on. I've read the book a couple of times, but it's it's so funny. I never read the book. I did see the movie. Yeah. I thought the the movie did a good job in terms of translating her diary because it was very much I guess the placards they had for the movie where they say how many cigarettes or <laughs> how many mm-hmm. calories or whatever those were the things that started every entry in her diary mm-hmm. in her journal so and of course I just mentioned that you can take a listen to the original classic so you can I mean Pride and Prejudice is also a great lighthearted pick I'm doing another reread of Pride and Prejudice, I think. It's been a couple of years. Yeah. You're right. That is a good that is a good light read. Yeah, it's just it will it just will swell your heart with romance and you know what's gonna happen and nothing it nothing is terribly unbearable or whatever. Mm-hmm. You know what she's gonna get at the end, so you can just enjoy it. Yep. All right, so what do you have yeah. next? Okay, my next one is The Hating Game. And this one I read like last year, I guess. And it is, God, like that, it's really hard to put down and it's just fun. It's just an absolutely fun book. It's by Sally Thorne. And it's about these two people who work together in a publishing house and they hate each other. But of course, (laughs) deep down, they love each other. And it's just this, you know, will they, won't they? And if they will, how are they going to, how will it happen? There's just tons of like sexual tension in it. And it's just funny and like, I don't know. It's just like, we'll put a smile on your face. I don't recommend it as, I I recommend it more than her next book that I read. And I'm now going to forget what that one's called. I'm going to look that one up. Um, I think the hating game is better. Uh, 99% mine. That was the second one that that she wrote that I read. But The Hating Game is just... Oh, and I did that one on audio. So if you can do an audio book, it's a, it's a great audio. Okay. So my next pick is... It's not nonfiction. It's sort of fiction. Or it was billed as nonfiction, but I think it was debunked and discovered that it was not as true as the author would have had you believe. But it was really fun. The Primates of Park Avenue by Wednesday Martin. And it is about this woman who marries a man and they move to the Upper East Side, which is a very Tony neighborhood. And she has, she finds herself fitting into this world that she never expected that she would be a part of. And she has a degree in anthropology and she decides to look at the friendship she's forming and the women that she's becoming friends with all these wealthy mavens of park Avenue. She subjects them to an anthropological anthropological lens and she studies them and compares them to I guess different classes of <laughs> different classes of wildlife mating hierarchies. So she compares these marriages and these women's jockeying for position to what she finds in nature. So it was an entertaining read. I mean, it's it's pretty lighthearted. Some of it was debunked. I think at one point there was this 
rumor going around that these Park Avenue wives who were married to really wealthy men got bonuses at the end. <laughs> Based on what, oh, I do yeah. not know. <laughs> oh, I remember reading about that. That was so interesting. Right. I don't know that all of her statements completely held up the way that you would have wanted to. I think there was some pushback with, you know, once once these extravagant tales got out and, and rumors of, of six-figure wife bonuses, there was a little bit of pushback on that. But it's always interesting to read about that and the way she compares it to the social jockeying of, of wildlife is fun. It was interesting. Mm-hmm. That book got a ton of publicity when it came out. It was definitely intriguing. Right. I think you're right. This would be a good time to read it, although it would feel so remote from where we are. But that's the point, right? Yeah. If you can get over the fact that that we're haggling over over these details in the stimulus budget of the haves and have-nots and who deserves support and and who's going to ultimately get support from all of this, if you can put that aside. But if not, then probably not. Right. Right. All right. Okay. My next book is The Rosie Project by Graham Simison. Um, this is a book about a guy who is has Asperger's and is looking for a mate and has kind of drawn up a list of all of the qualities he's looking for in a partner. And then, of course, meets somebody who is nothing like the person he has drawn up. And, you know, then he develops feelings for her and then well at work because she's completely not what he was expecting and not really compatible with his various sort of personality uh, quirks. Um, that he has because he's got Asperger's. So this book has spawned a trilogy, would you say? There's the Rosie Project, then the Rosie Effect. And I feel yep. like there's even a third, right? Was it the Rosie Solution? Yeah, What's interesting about right. these books is I don't know if they, like, as what can happen with series is the original book is, will do better than than the sequel and the the end mm-hmm. like usually there's a significant drop off in people who read the first book and and people who go on to finish so i don't think that all of these books were published by the same publisher oh um, interesting i think that the i'm not sure if it was the rosy solution but i do believe it was published on a different i want to say it was arcade definitely a much smaller publisher or maybe oh interesting open road or um i did not read anything after the first one i only read that and see you proved the point yep there you go uh i thought it was a pretty good read he's just entertaining and he knows that he's different and he's endearing and he's smart and funny and i just thought the book was well paced and uh it was it was just a very entertaining I think I started reading that and never finished it. Hmm. I think I did this one on audio and it was a great audio book too. Sometimes that makes all the difference. Yeah. So I don't know what it would have been like in print, but it was, it was good on audio. This is book. This kind of reminds me of like me before you, like it was, it was very popular. 
<laughs> All right, what do you have next? City of Girls by Elizabeth Gilbert. It was a big book last summer. I read it over the summer. I really like it, and it is engrossing. It is New York in the, I want to say it's, it must be in the late 1920s or early to mid mid 1920s because I feel like it's right before the depression. And it is about a young woman who has been kicked out of Vassar. Her parents send her to New York to stay with her aunt for the summer. And her aunt owns a, a theater in the, in Broadway, not too far from Broadway. It's not on Broadway. She has her own off Broadway theater where she puts on productions and she send and her nieces lives with her for the summer and gets into a whole bunch of things. Like she finds, she finds love and she loses it, but it was such an engrossing, you get really caught up in the theater world, lots about the costumes. So if you're someone who likes costumes, if you like Broadway, if you like the historical aspect, you'll really love this book. I think I was just remembering how some people found the costumes to be overwhelming, but I just enjoyed every experience of reading this book. I love the friendships that were portrayed. It was one of those books where you know that there is going to be a twist that takes the story down a different road. And I was kind of reading it sort of dreading that part a little bit because I was just such having such enjoyment of the camaraderie and the friendship and the world that was described. So Elizabeth Gilbert wrote this in the middle of grieving the death of, of her lover. And it's such a testament that she was able to transfuse it with just so much joy and lightheartedness. And I think that she said she purposely wanted to create that kind of book, that kind of sunshine for the world. So if you haven't read City of Girls, if you're interested in old theater, old old New York, what it was like, those descriptions, then you should definitely check this one out because it's so engrossing. It's so good. What's interesting is I've heard a few people say that they were turned off by the setting because they're not interested in Broadway and historical, you know, historical fiction about the theater scene in New York. And they weren't interested in all that detail. And then they read it anyway, and they couldn't put it down and loved it. So I would say yes. even if, like, because I'm not terribly interested in that stuff, and I've been kind of putting off this book for that reason, but like-minded people to that have, have read it and just say it's amazing. They're like, just trust me, read it. <laughs> yeah, I think that if you're interested in those things, it's definitely just the cherry on top because I just found it really fascinating. But the friendships and the relationships that these the women in the theater developed and the storylines were really good. So it's definitely one of those things that you get sucked into and you don't think about. I mean, because I'm not... I'm not crazy about New York period pieces either. That's interesting because you love the New York, the current New York stuff. I don't know. I think I'm, I think it, that I'm probably just very specific on what it is that I'm interested in reading about New York. And I will know at that moment because some, it's hard when you, when you grow up in New York and people are presenting the city from you, if they're not necessarily from here, the things that they focus on, I can say that that's not New York. But then also there's just so many New Yorks 
Mm-hmm. And, True. you know, when you're a native, sometimes you just don't buy into other people's New Yorks. And they could be valid. So I just feel like yeah. I'm hit or miss about New York. Historical fiction in particular, I would say that I've read less of than I used to read. I don't know why. Hmm. Okay, so my next one is The Book of Essie by Megan McLean Weir. The Book of Essie is about a girl growing up in a fundamentalist family in the Midwest somewhere, I think. And she is a, it's, it's like a Duggar, kind of reminds you of the Duggars. They're, they're fundamentalist, but they are on TV. And they've made a lot of money by being this, you know, uh, conservative religious family with a an evangelical preacher father and a very strict mother. So the daughter becomes pregnant and then she of course has to figure out how is she going to tell her family and then how are they going to hide the pregnancy from the world? Because if the world finds out she's pregnant, clearly this family will be exposed as a sham because she's only 17 and she's gotten pregnant. So it's a very suspenseful book about this young woman who is very smart and calculating and how she manages to get her, get herself out of the situation in a way that is um, acceptable to her. It lampoons reality TV. It talks a lot about the hypocrisy of this evangelical family where the exterior is very different from the ugly reality inside. And uh, it just was super intriguing because you just spend the whole time rooting for her and wanting to know how is she going to manage to pull it out. So that is The Book of Essie by Megan McLean Weir. I feel like I have that and haven't read it yet. I thought you did read this one. And want to. No, that means I probably have it. it. Yeah. I think you'd like it a lot. So my next pick is a book that we both read and loved. I won't mention it too much because we had said that we were going to do a book about a show about series. And it is the first book in a series that was made into a movie, or at least the first book was made into a movie. And that's me before you by Jojo Moyes. So even though it is, it, it ultimately ends up being a somewhat sad love story. There's definitely sad elements of it. I think that the falling in love part and the relationship outweighs the bittersweet ending, I'll say. Mm-hmm. And it is such an engrossing read. I mean, that book was one of the books that I woke up one Saturday morning, figured I would read a few pages just to see what that was about. And ended up reading that entire book. And that's a pretty big book. But I read Mm -hmm. the just stayed in and was just sucked into the story and couldn't put it down. So if you have managed to dodge this movie, if you managed to dodge the movie, if you managed to dodge the book in, in all of its previous hardcover and paperback incarnations, then I definitely recommend that you pick this up because you'd be in for a treat. And then when you finish it, watch the movie. I thought the movie was great. Yeah. I thought it was very uh, faithful to the book. And we will talk about this when we've done series, because I think you and I have read all three. Both of us have read all three, correct? Yep. 
Yeah, that's a trilogy that we did not bail on. Yeah, really. And there, there was a while between books. I mean, I think that that's, that counts for part of the attrition with series is that, you know, you read the first book, you love it. It takes a while for it to come out. Maybe you forget about it or, and I think second books tend to introduce different characters or make it somewhat different. So sometimes you don't love that as much as the first book, but mm-hmm. this is, it was, a, this was a pretty solid trilogy. Mm-hmm. Okay. So my next book, I read this about five years ago called a window opens by Elizabeth Egan. And I know we've talked about this on the show because I always confuse Elizabeth Egan with Elizabeth Ames. And then that gets us confused on the show, but this one is Elizabeth Egan. And this is a book about a woman who is a middle-aged mother of three who loves books. And she has to juggle the competing demands of work and family when she goes back to work full time at a tech company that's purporting to reinvent the bookstore. So there's this book is irresistible for me for many reasons because um, she sort of described myself right there. Um, and I, it was just fun to see how this woman reinvents herself and tries to fit into this new economy when she's, I think she's been out of the workforce for a while. And she loves to read and she loves books and it's all about her relationship with technology and how this technology is supplanting reading. And it's just a really fun book. It's she lives in New York and it just, um, I don't know. I liked it a lot. It definitely has a side of it. That's kind of a humor parody section. And then there's a second element of it which is not just light and it's more about uh middle age it's about losing a parent it's about you know keeping your identity while you have kids and um so it has a little heft to it but it is certainly a lighter read that i think would be a good a good fit right now here i am with the series books again i'll have to dig a little deeper for when we do that show So I'll mention briefly just the first book, The Wedding Date by Jasmine Guillory. It is about a woman who works in the mayor's office who gets stuck in an elevator with a physician who's on his way to a wedding shortly. They end up talking, and after they get unstuck from the elevator, he invites her to go to this wedding. He's like in town to attend a wedding. And he doesn't have a date and it's a long and complicated story, but he invites her to go to the wedding with him and to pretend to be his girlfriend because he is actually attending the wedding of an ex. And so he does not want to not have a date. (laughs) So of course they fall in love over the course of her pretending to be in love with him. And So that's a nice, light, fun, engrossing romance, and it has three sequels or three other books in the series. The Wedding Date is the first, and then there's The Proposal, The Wedding Party, and Royal Holiday. So if you like this world that she's created, there's plenty more. Have you read the other ones? I haven't. I read The Wedding Date, and I started Royal Holiday. It's cute, set in London. And it's about an older woman. She is, I think she's, her daughter is working in 
in some royal's household and she invites her mother over to spend Christmas and her mother is like flirts with the butler or something, the butler of the queen. <laughs> and they have a romance. So very cute, very lighthearted. Okay, so my last book is called Lost and Found by Carolyn Parkhurst. I've never talked about this book on the show, and I've certainly talked about P- Carolyn Parkhurst before. This book is old. It's from 2007. But it is a book about a competition reality show, just like The Amazing Race. And it talks about the teams and the relationships of the people on the teams as they're racing around the world to win money. So I like this book because I love The Amazing Race and um, I love Carolyn Parkhurst. I think her, each of her books is so different from the, the others, which is another topic I think we could cover on our show. Authors who write vastly different books every time. And uh, this one, you know, she sort of parodies, again, the reality TV scene. Um, and it's a very cynical, dark book, but it is just irresistible if you like the Amazing Race, or you like the idea of that setup. So I'm a big Carolyn Parkhurst fan to begin with, and this is one of probably one of my favorites of hers. So my last book is a book called Professor Chandra Follows His Bliss. It's by Rajiv Balasubramanyam, and it is about an economics professor who has missed out once again on winning the Nobel Peace Prize he falls off his bike and has a heart attack and basically is just searching for himself. He is recently, well, not recently, maybe in the last couple of years, he's divorced. He's estranged from his eldest daughter. Uh, his son, who has always wanted to follow in his footsteps, has started some, I guess, enlightenment company. Where is that? Maybe in India? And then he has a daughter who is living with her stepfather and his ex-wife in the United States. So after he has the heart attack, he decides that he needs to connect more and kind of find himself after not winning the Nobel Prize, because I think he's been nominated several times. And he goes on a journey to find himself, part of which he'll, he will be teaching at a school in the United States, part part of the time he goes to visit his youngest daughter who seems to be suffering from the effects of the divorce and is acting out. And then (laughs) he goes to a school that where you're supposed to basically find enlightenment. And he is not the kind of man who deals with this. He's like stuffy Oxford educated, um, was raised very strictly. And, and that's the side that he shows his family so he is basically on a journey and he learns to to see things in a different way and to loosen up a little bit. So it is, it's funny, but it is that sort of biting humor because the way he sees the world is very much at odds with what the world wants to show him in terms of just having that strict upbringing and not being able to let himself go. So he has Lots of thoughts about that, and it takes quite a bit of coaxing to get him to see a different way, but that's the fun of the book. Great. Well, that was 12 books, a dozen (laughs) coronavirus quarantine books. We will be back with new episodes. I like your idea with the authors. Authors who write different books? Authors who write different books. Yeah. 
All right. Well, we we have a list of topics we're going to cover during this quarantine to get people through it. If you have ideas for categories of books that you'd like to see us cover here, send us <laughs> nothing any, too lighthearted. Nothing too lighthearted, right? Because we pretty and much no exhausted romance. that. Um, send us a message on Facebook or Instagram and give us some suggestions of things we can cover because we want to be here for you guys as you're trying to get through this time and find books. And we'll, we'll try to stick to books that hopefully are available. I know Amazon's still delivering and I know independent bookstores are d- doing a lot of, you know, curbside pickup or delivery, but we'll also try to find books that are available digitally through your library's digital system. So hopefully ones without too long of a wait list. So ones that aren't terribly new. I know mine has, since it's all digital now, I think what they've done is it used to be that you could put, you could check out 12 books and maybe put a hold on 15. So I think that you can only put a hold on three books and you can only check out three books. So that's what they're doing in order to loosen up and to make the lines go faster for things. Yeah. Oh, so more books will be available. So you, so more books will be available. You'll have to make some choices. Like if something comes up that you think you want to, to read, you, you'll either have to very quickly finish your other book or return it and get that one. So right. my library just started this new thing where if a book comes up if it's your time for like an audiobook and you're not ready for it, you can defer it. So you can tap this button and say, I, I still want to be on the list for this and I still want to be number one on the list for this, but I'm not ready for it now. And then it like gives you like a three week pause and then it will check it out for you again. So when it gets returned, it, you, it goes back to you, which I think is pretty cool. Yeah. New York Public Library does it where you can suspend your hold. Um, so you actually go in and say you want to suspend a hole and you will stay. If you're at the back of the line, you will continue to move up to the front of the line. But once you get to the front of the line, you can say either you want it in 30 days or you want it in 180 days. So it'll just keep letting people skip you. And then if you decide you want it sooner than any of those times you said, then you just go and, and you unsuspend your hold and then you will be the next one to get it that's cool all right i need to go make dinner for my family so (laughs) we're gonna we're gonna hop off but we will be back soon with more quarantine reading so until then happy reading we hope you've enjoyed this episode of the readerly report you can find all of our shows on itunes or at thereaderlyreport.com Please join our Facebook group, Readerly Report Readers, where you can talk to other listeners about their reading life. You can also find Nicole at NicoleBonia.com and me, Gail, at EverydayIWriteTheBookBlog.com. Finally, we'd love it if you left us a review on iTunes and told your book-loving friends about us. Thanks. Thanks.